Welcome to Heartland Christian Center Sermon of the Week. You will be able to find more Heartland sermons at hcc.ag or Heartland Christian Center YouTube channel. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with others. We hope you enjoy this week's message by our lead pastor, Dr. Phil Willingham. I want to welcome all of our campuses, man. They're joined us. Uh, Hebron Full Throttle just popped online. Wanita, North Justin. Come on. Would you welcome our campuses this morning? Down there in North Justin, Pastor James, Amanda. Wow, Pastor Matthew, Sharon over in Wanita, and Pastor Levi and Chrissy over in Hebron. What a great day. I want you to grab your worship guide, open your Bibles, and uh, man, we're going to start a brand new series uh, this year. You know, as we started ending 2022, we started thinking about what is God saying? You know, the number 23 is a, is a number about reformation and returning. It's about reformation and returning, coming back to God, returning back to Him, coming back to those ways. And I started thinking about how important questions are in our life. We use them every day. Matter of fact, one study said that the average four-year-old will ask 437 questions a day. How many parents could say, amen, yes. Kids are inquisitive people. The average adult, though, will only ask about seven questions a day. Studies show that as we get older, we have a tendency that we stop asking questions, even though we know the questions is how we discover information. Why this reason of why a child will ask you, why is the sky blue? And, you know, why is the sun so bright? And, you know, we ask questions like, what am I going to look like when I get bald? I mean, I mean, that's a question probably some of you are wondering. I just thought I'd let you know that the Lord tarries that may be coming one day, so just be prepared. But, but we use questions to get information, to have conversation. You know, where do you live? Uh, where do you work? Are you married? How many children do you have? Questions about conversations. But ultimately, questions are used to assess whether or not we've learned something. What's this? Questions are used to assess whether or not we've learned something. Again, parents do this all the time. A kids make a mistake, you have to correct them. You know, after the correction, you set them down, and you ask the ultimate question, and here it is. And what did you learn from that, right? And the kids, you know, I used to tell my dad, Dad, it isn't what I learned from it, it's what you think I learned from it. Give me the answer, and I'll give you, you know, because that's what I, I want to give him the, the answer to his question. What did he think I learned from that? But this morning, I want us to think about the fact that Jesus was asked, most theologians agree, he was asked over 183 questions, somewhere 183, 185 questions. Now, the thing about Jesus, when people ask him questions, most theologians agree that in the four Gospels of the 183, 84 questions that he was asked, he only answered directly or indirectly three of those questions. He only gave a response. The others, he would ignore. He would, he would keep silent sometimes. He would ask them a question in return. You know, if you're married, you understand that's a great way to win an argument. You know, when the wife's after you, you say, well, what do you think I did wrong? Come on, right? You, you, you kind of turn the question. Sometimes Jesus would change the subject. He would tell a story. Sometimes he would, he would tell them it's the wrong question, and he would redirect uh, the question elsewhere. So he was asked questions, 
but he only directly, indirectly answered three of them. I put the references in your, in your worship guides because some of you would come up to me after. Well, what, what did he ask? Well, uh, uh, Pilate asked him, so, so you're the king, Pilate asked him in John 18, 37. And he said, yes, I'm the king. I was born for this. And then in Luke chapter 11, the disciples come to Jesus. They said, Lord, we want you to teach us how to pray like John taught his disciples. So, so Jesus answers, well, this is how you pray, our Father, which art in heaven. And, and he gives the prayer. And then in Matthew 22, 36, uh, the leaders tried to rattle him. They were they was trying to unnerve him. And the Pharisees come to Jesus, and they thought, man, we got, Master, which is the greatest commandment? I mean, they were, they were really concerned about keeping the commandment. Well, what's the greatest? And, well, Jesus answers, and most of you know that he said, well, you got to love the Lord God with your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, and the second is like it. So, so Jesus was asked 183, 184 questions. But here's the kicker. In the Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament, Jesus or God himself, they ask over 300 questions. So today we're going to start looking in the Bible at some of the questions that God asks us. Now, again, Pastor Matt made mention that all the time we meet people and they, they want to ask God something, right? Like, you know, God, why does this person get sick? And why wasn't this person healed? And why did I lose my job? And why is my kid acting like they're demon-possessed? I mean, we come on, don't look at me like we, we ask God questions all the time. But what is it like if we, if we took the time out, and that's what we're doing in 2023, a year of reformation, a year of returning, what would it be like if we sat down and we allowed God to interview us? And God is going to ask us the questions that he wants us to answer. Now, again, most people say, well, Pastor Phil, wait a minute. Isn't God all-knowing deity? Isn't he omniscient? Doesn't already know? Uh, you know, all the answers, well, yes, you're, you're right there. You know, nobody will ask, or no, God doesn't ask the question and put a question mark at the end as if he doesn't know the answer, right? Again, so there's two reasons, and this is important. I want you to get this all this year. There's two reasons why God is going to lead us to asking us questions. Number one is to just simply he asks questions to serve his purpose, in other words, he, he doesn't try to get information for us. He already possesses information, but he asks questions to serve a purpose in, in the context of the question that he wants the individual that he's asking the question to, he wants them to be brought in to his purpose. For, for example... I made mention of Job last week, you know, Job and all of his trials and, and the nine month of stuff that he went through. When you get to the end of the book of Job in Job 38 through 41, God is, is relentlessly asking Job about everything. Job 38 and 4, he asked Job, he said, Job, what about your presence when the foundations of the earth was there? Hey, guess what? Was, was you there? And he talked about, you know, how about uh, fishing for monsters in Job 41 and 1? And, and it's obvious that Jesus was using the questions in Job's life to, to simply bring him to his purpose is an instructional tool to, to, for Job to understand God's ultimate power, right? I mean, God, God ultimately shows up in Job's life and restores everything that Job has lost. So, so God will ask us questions concerning the fact of how can his purpose be lived out in life. Secondly, and here's where we're going today, 
that God will ask the question of a person to simply have them reflect on what's being said. Again, the, the, the question is simply for reflection. Stop and think for a few minutes. A counselor does this all the time. A counselor will say, and how did that make you feel, right? What is that? that that's a question of reflection. You know, stop blaming people. Stop going through all this and just, just simply say, okay, how did it make you feel? A parent does it again. Parents say, okay, what lesson did you learn from this? So, so God primarily will ask questions in our lives to get us to think about what is his purpose and what, what is God wanting us to reflect on and to learn from this. And so today we're going to go to the uh, book of Genesis, the third chapter, and we're going to find an encounter that God has with Adam and Eve. And God shows up and he's going to ask a question. Now, the question that God is going to ask that we're going to talk about this morning is one of those questions, listen, have you, have you ever did something that was so, so thoughtless, it was so stupid that, that the moment you did it, you, you, you wanted a place to hide. You just wanted, anybody ever been that embarrassed? I, I, know, I know over the last few weeks, you know, Southeastern uh, Airlines, they, they've taken a lot of hit. Or I'm sorry, South, Southwest. They've taken a big hit. I love their commercials, though. They have a commercial that ends up uh, with, with a catchphrase, want to get away? Want to get away? Look at your neighbor and say, have you ever wanted to get away? So what's that? I, I, there's just two of them. They're real quick. They're real short. Watch these two questions real quick. I love the way you've decorated in here. <laughs> Who hasn't did that? Probably hemorrhoid medicine. <laughs> Want to get away? <laughs> General, there's been a breach. We need your password so we can lock down the system. My password? Yes, sir. We need your password. The password that I use. Yes, sir, your password. There's been another breach. Sir. Right. Oh, okay. I-H-A-T-E-M-Y-J-O-B-1. <laughs> I hate my job one. <laughs> Want to get away? <laughs> Come on. How many of you been there? Oh, my God. I wish I could just hide somewhere. Lord Jesus, let the rapture take place this moment. Just get me out of here. We, we've all had those moments. And the question that I want to start with in Genesis chapter 3, I want to just kind of set the, set the scene just a little bit. But basically, God is going to bring us to the thought in 2023, so here's where we're going, is I, I just simply want you to focus on how are you avoiding God? How do you find yourself sometimes avoiding God? Because when you read Genesis, and I'll just kind of set the story real quickly. When God creates everything, the Bible says it's perfect, it's good. I mean, he's created this paradise. It's called the Garden of Eden. And in the paradise, you're going to find Adam and Eve. And God provided everything that they needed. All the food that they needed. All the shelter. They Listen, God even provided a job. Hello? Work is not the curse. Some of us, I know, we have jobs. Oh, I just can't wait till I quit my job. I get to retire. No, 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 listen. Work is good. The work wasn't the curse. The curse was brought about when the ground got cursed, and, and then it made it happen through the sweat of the brow. But God had to add, listen, I tell people all the time, ladies, listen, Adam had a job before he had a wife, okay? 
if ladies, young ladies, listen, if you marry, if you marry somebody, they don't have a job, listen, you need to run the other way. That's just a good marriage counseling right there. But listen, Adam and Eve had this perfect environment. They had perfect companionship with God. They had perfect companionship with each other. Then we get to Genesis chapter 3, and I want to pick up at verse 1. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, the serpent, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Now, again, if you go back and read Genesis 2, God didn't say that. There's a, there's a whole garden of trees and, and there's, there's fruit that is available every day. And in the midst of the garden, there's two trees, right? There's the tree of life and the tree of good, uh, the knowledge of good and evil. Now listen, every tree is available for Adam and Eve except one. But then serpent, the serpent begins to kind of take the commandment of God and make it like it's uh, uh, unrealistic. You must not eat from any tree. Then the woman said to the serpent, we may not eat from the trees in the garden, but God, but God did say you must not eat from the fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. And, now watch this, you must not touch it or you will die. Again, now, now the serpent made God's command unrealistic. Eve steps in and she takes God's command and she adds to it. Again, go back and read Genesis 2. God didn't say you couldn't touch it. God, listen, they, they could have lived in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They, they could have built a, a, a tree house there. They could have climbed it. They could have picnicked up underneath. The only thing God said was, don't eat of it. Are you following me? Now, they could eat of the tree of life. Listen, death was never part of God's plan. Hello? There was a tree of life that Adam and Eve had access to. Sin is what brought death into this world. That's the reason why death is so uncomfortable for us. It's not normal. And one day when we get our resurrected bodies, we put on immortality, we get to be in the presence of the Lord forever, then we'll be brought back to that new state of we'll never die again. That's good preaching, Pastor Phil. Yeah, but let's just, Eve twisted God's command and she said, we must not touch it or we're going to die. And then the serpent said, you will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eyes, she also, and it was also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it, she ate. She gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. The eyes of both of them were open, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard, everybody say heard. They heard the sound of the Lord. They heard the sound of the Lord God who was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Now, again, most theologians agree the fact that when they heard the sound of the Lord, it was a familiar sound. This wasn't the first time that God had come down to walk with them in the cool of the garden. Again, go back. Before sin, they had this perfect relationship, perfect companionship with God. So when they heard the Lord God who was walking in the cool of the garden, they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to man, where are you? Everybody say that. Where are you? Now, 
I start with this question out of the over 300 plus questions that we could have started. I start with this question because I, I truly believe it's the most important question that we have to ask ourselves, not just today, but every day. Where are we? Well, why or how are we hiding from God? Now, now we often will hear people who give testimonies of, you know, they say, well, you know, I was this and I was that and I was lost and, you know, and, and, and I finally found God. You ever heard people, I found the Lord, you know, and we know what they mean when they say that. But listen, how many understand God was never lost? Hello? God, God's not lost. But, but we understand that, that we, we know what, we, you know, we search for God and, and we, we go through different things and different things that we try to get happiness and peace of mind. And, and finally people said, well, I went to church and I, and I found the Lord. Now listen, the truth is, listen, the, cre- the story of the creation is the fact that we're not the ones trying to find God. God is the one always searching for us. You follow me? That's the great news of the creation story, that even though we try to hide from God, God is the one that is seeking and calling to us. Now, Adam and Eve, they had this huge awakening, this, 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 uh, this moment in their life that they come out of this perfect, happy world that they were in. Now it's been marred by the ugly effects of sin because of their choice. And the Bible said that Adam and Eve tries to hide from God. They, they try to hide among the trees that God has made, okay? It's like your kids trying to play hide and seek in your house. Hello? You know where every hiding place is, right? They can't hide somewhere where you're not going to find them. That's the way Adam and Eve is. Listen, and the Bible says that God seeks them out. He calls and he asks the question, where are you? Where are you? Now listen, Adam and Eve is going to discover that they couldn't run with, from God. Now, God, God knew where they were, okay, right? He, he's omniscient. He didn't like, Adam, Marco, Polo, you know. No, it isn't. God knows where they're at. Listen, but he wanted them to know where they're at. You follow me? See, God knows where every one of us are in our spiritual journey today. He knows exactly the things that's in our life that sometimes that is preventing us from walking close to God. Listen, write this down. By one decision, everybody say one decision. By one choice, say one choice. Adam and Eve went from walking with God to hiding from God. Now just think about that. One choice. Everybody say one choice. Now listen, so many times people do not pay attention to how important decisions are that we make in life. Now I know it's different in our culture today. Listen, studies say that we make, we make hundreds, even thousands of choices every day. If you go to the average supermarket, there's 29 different types of loaves of bread, not including rolls and muffins. Any husband ever got frustrated? Your wife said, hey, I need a loaf of bread. When she used to tell me that 40 years ago, I'd go to the, I'd go to the store. There was about two or three choices. Now it's up, and I'll bring, as sure as the world, I'll bring one back. She said, that's not what I wanted. I'm sorry. I didn't know. 
There's a 29 different, listen, there's 150 different salad dressings to choose from today. There's 1,000 different kinds of toothpaste available. Listen, we have all kinds of choices every day. But do you understand that right now in this culture, we have millions of people in our culture today, in this generation, they have no memories of what it's like to have only three TV stations. <laughs> Hello. It's, listen, we have millions. That, listen, we have millions that have never seen a phone that was just a phone. That wasn't something else included. The phone isn't even talked about anymore on these things, right? When they advertise them, it's the photos. It's this. It's that. And listen, what are you saying? Listen, we, we live in this culture today that there's all kinds of choices, and if we're not careful, we, we, we have stopped putting importance on the decisions that we make when it comes to our spiritual relationship with God. I saw a cartoon the other day of a woman walking in the park, and the man said to this woman, he said, Honey, everything was better back when everything was worse. <laughs> and I'm thinking, maybe there's something to that. But listen, Adam and Eve made one decision that would totally change their future. It would totally change the relationship they had with God and the relationship they had with each other. Prior to that choice and that decision of eating that truth, they could look at each other. There was no shame. They were naked, but there was no, listen, there wasn't anything there that caused them to have any reluctance. Listen, every, every, uh, every, uh, how can I say that? Every, uh, yeah, everything on Adam's body and Eve's body, listen, because they were not living under any type of guilt or sin or shame, they saw nothing but perfection. Isn't it awesome? For those of you that married, can you think back how long you was married when you finally started saying, I don't want them to see me naked no more? Hello. For some of you young people, your day's coming. Don't laugh now. Your day is coming. But, but listen. What, 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 what I'm trying, what I'm trying to get you to understand, that decisions matter. And all of a sudden, one decision, one choice that they make, Adam and Eve moves away from walking with God to hiding from God. Again, how close are you to God at this very moment? Now, now I, know, I know the Christian life is full of ebb and flows, and, and there's highs and lows. I'm not talking about that. You know, all of us have those. But listen, what, 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 we're going into 2023. It's a brand new year. What would happen if we stopped and said, listen, God, am I, am I walking with you right now, or am I hiding from you? When people talk to me and and they share with me, and we get in these conversations. I said, well, my, you know, how's your walk with God? And listen, I, so many times I hear people say, listen, the reason I'm not walking with God is I, I feel so ashamed. You ever hear people say that? I don't walk with God because how could a holy, perfect God ever love somebody like me? 
How could God that is so holy ever want to have anything to do with me? And listen, what, what happens is that we end up living a life of shame. And listen, shame is always the result of either our sin or the sin of somebody else against us. And what, what shame will do to us if we don't have that desire to keep coming to God and recognize God is coming to us. Listen, we find ourselves that shame will isolate you. You know why a lot of people stop coming to church? It isn't because the preacher don't dress good or he don't, the singing ain't good or, you know, there's not a good message. You know what? A lot of people just stop coming to church. Something happens in their lives and they get embarrassed or ashamed to show back up to church. Because shame causes people to ask this question. If people really knew me, they probably wouldn't love me. You ever heard people think that? It's somehow or another that, that, that the, the shame that I carry in my life, that surely God is disappointed in me. And I hear people say, oh, you know, Pastor, I just feel so bad because I know I let the Lord down. You know what I tell people? Here's a newsflash. You wasn't holding him up. Hello. He, you, you don't hold him up. He holds you up. Come on. You could never let God down. No. Listen, and, and people say, well, you know, Pastor Phil, I, you know, I'm going to come back to church just as soon as I can master this sin, this problem, this difficulty. And when I master it, listen, here's a news flag. You'll never master that sin. You'll never master that issue on you. The only way that you and I can master any problem, any circumstance, any issue in our life is that we connect ourselves with the master of all masters, and that's Jesus Christ himself. He's the only one that can free us. It's the reason why alcohol doesn't work, drugs doesn't work, changing relationships doesn't work, moving jobs doesn't work, moving city. Listen, none of that stuff works because the issue, listen, the heart of the issue is always an issue with the heart. We've moved. Adam and Eve went from walking with God to hiding from God in one decision. And what happens is the reason why we don't come back and, and pursue him is because we feel like, oh, God's disappointed in me. I know I went to the altar and I told the Lord this and I've made a confession to my men's group and my ladies' group and, you know, I've said, and now I didn't follow through. I, I've got to be disappointed. Never write, write this down. God can never be disappointed in you or your behavior because disappointment comes when our expectations aren't met. Now, now, just stop. Put on your thinking hat with me, because it's going to challenge some of you just a little bit. Listen, disappointment happens when our expectations meet up with reality. And we know life is full of disappointment. We have this expectation. Listen, some of you went into the holidays and you said, this year it's going to be different. We're all going to be happy. We're going to get along. It's going to be a kumbaya moment. And you get in that holiday about halfway through it and the jerk shows up that always ticks you off and you got ticked off again. And all of a sudden, everything failed. And what happened? You're disappointed. And you sing that song that I sung at Christmas. I don't want Christmas to go over again. Just be done with it. 
Why is that? Because we have, we have our expectation. I want you to, we have our expectation, and when our expectation meets up with reality, disappointment happens. But watch this. Listen. You understand that God can never be disappointed. Now, again, go back to what I said. God can never be disappointed because disappointment comes with expectations are not met. And listen, here's the thing about it. His expectations are always met. It isn't like God come walking in the cool of the day like he normally did at some part of the day, and all of a sudden Adam and Eve wasn't where he thought they would be. It isn't like God said, oh, I didn't plan on this. Oh, my goodness. Man, they've really messed up for me, man. Now what am I going to do? No. God had everything planned from the foundation. The sin that Adam and Eve committed came no surprise to God. You follow me? You can never disappoint God because, listen, God's expectation of you or me, it always connects with reality. I can never do anything that God says, Phil, I never would have thought that would have come out of you. You follow me? Why is that important? Because so many times we fail to understand that God is working and doing something inside of us he is crafting, he is, he is building character, he is building our life, building our faith. You know, we come to Jesus, we surrender to Jesus, we say yes to Jesus, we get filled with the Holy Spirit. But that doesn't mean that we're perfect people. It simply means that now more than ever we're relying upon the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit to work in our lives on a daily basis. And there's times I see like, I feel like that I'm growing, and there's times it feels like nothing's happening. The Chinese bamboo tree is an amazing tree. It's a remarkable. It starts as a plant. When they put that plant in the ground, the farmers will water it. They will fertilize it. They will take care of it. But for five years, they see hardly no growth to be measured. But after five years, in six months, that bamboo plant will grow to 100 feet tall. Somebody says, wow, look what happened in six months. No, look what happened in five years in six months. What was, what was happening? We didn't see the root system being built. We didn't see what was happening underneath the soil. And that's the way it is with all of our lives here today. You come here on a Sunday, you, you show up, you worship, and there's times you feel like, man, God's so close, it just feels like I could just touch his cheek. There's other times you show up, and it feels like God's a million miles away. But the thing about it is we don't give up. We don't pull the root up and say, oh, I tried. No, we, we continue to yield to what God is wanting to do in our lives. Why? Because, listen, God loves us so much. And the love that God has for us, the love that he had for Adam and Eve, was not tied to what they do or what they don't do. It wasn't tied to their behavior. Their, his love for them was the in spite of or despite of what they did or they didn't do. He still loved them. And so many people have fooled themselves into thinking that God can only love me when I'm, when I'm doing good and I'm hitting the mark. It's the reason why we have to be patient with each other. 
We have to come along beside each other. Because, listen, there are some of us, yeah, we're further along than others are. There's some of us, listen, there's habits that some of you have that I never had to fight those habits. It was something that never got ingrained inside of me. It doesn't make me better than you. It doesn't make you worse than me. It just makes us different. You follow me? But we don't come to God because we're, we're ashamed. And we're too busy hiding. I started thinking about that. I, I, I don't want to camp out long, but, but I, I, I get to think, how, how do we hide today? I mean, there's not physical trees that Adam and Eve had to hide. And the number one thing in the 21st century in America is that we hide, we hide behind religion so much. Religion, religion is always a killer to our relationship with Jesus Christ. It's the reason why, listen, I'm so excited you're coming to church. I'm so excited that you're here today and, and, and you're, you're, you're giving me the opportunity to speak into your life. But listen, please understand, listen, coming to church doesn't make you a Christian no more than sitting in a garage makes you a car. You're not going to be a car. I don't care how much you think you're a car. You believe you're a car. I'm in a garage. I live in a... No, no. You're not going to be a Christian because you walk in these doors or any doors. It's a great start. This is a safe place where you can come out of hiding and not be ashamed. But listen, we can get so busy sometimes of doing church stuff that we don't go back and ask the question, am I really walking with God? When they sing those songs, I, I mean, I can read the words. I'm not little. I can read the words. But when I say those words, am I thinking about that song to the point that I remember, God, you are a good, good father to me. You follow me? And what happens is we get so busy in religion that we never really connect with God. We, we never really allow the word of God to apply to us. And religion moves us to the place where we just kind of keep doing, do more and more stuff. We try to be busy. And you've heard me say this a long time. Listen, the devil is not, he's okay if he cannot, he, he's okay if he can keep you busy of not you ever being bad. He's okay if you just stay busy. He's not trying to get you to go out and murder somebody and, and, and be some type of jerk out here in the world. He's okay when you come into church and just get busy. I open the door, I, I, I sing a song, I, you know, I hand out a worship, I'm busy. But we're, are you walking with God and doing that? Good preaching, Pastor Phil. I just encourage myself, you just don't worry about it, I'm okay. But we hide, we get ashamed, we, we get in church, we, we, try to, we try to do more good works, we, we have excuses to why we don't do more. And I, I'm not even going to go into that today. We excuse our choices. Adam and Eve, Adam, where are you? Who told you it was naked? Well, you know, it's a woman's fault. And, and a woman said, what is the serpent? I mean, we immediately go into excuse mode, don't we? Yeah, I'll tell you what. If, if the church had done more for me, I wouldn't have got upset. I, no, don't, don't, don't use that. One of the, listen, one of the things in 2023 is because our culture is shifting so quickly in this world today, you and I have to be willing to live a life to the point that, that we refuse to be offended. 
I'm telling you, you, you have to refuse to be offended today. If you're going to remain a strong witness uh, to, to the people that are outside the kingdom of God, outside the church, outside the, the, the banner of Jesus Christ, listen, the world is not going to get nicer to Christians. Well, true. They're not going to say, oh, yeah, we, no, they're going to get meaner and meaner. You know what we have to do? We have to refuse to be offended. Why? Because if you get an offense, it will grow a, bit, a root of bitterness inside of you. And then you'll sit back and you'll start blaming the reason people don't come to Jesus is because, well, they're such bad people and they do such bad things. Well, good preaching, Pastor Bill. So look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, there's no hiding from God. Tell them that. So Adam and Eve with one choice went from walking with God to hiding from God. Why? Because they have shame. Shame led them to, to, to cover themselves. And, but what did God do? Did, did God just abandon them? Did God say, well, oh, plan A didn't work? No. Listen, write this down. God never grows tired of pursuing his children. Again, God, Adam and Eve chose to sin, and God knew that. God knew before he come down, and yet we are told that God would come down in the cool of the day to walk in the garden. Why was God walking in the garden even though after they had sinned? Was he trying to find them where he could blame them, where he could punish them, where he could somehow or another, you know, just, just, just confront them? No, listen, he was looking to them simply because they were his kids. They were his family. God had a son, but he wanted a family. And Adam and Eve would be the start through the process. And Adam and Eve, listen, they, they, they never stopped being God's children just because they made the bad choice and they sinned. God didn't say, okay, boys, I'm done with you. Now, was there consequences? Was there correction? Absolutely. And we see that. We see what's happening. Well, we'll see next week. I want to I just, just jump over just a couple of chapters. Next week, I want to look at Cain and Abel because it's a very important question. We have to answer today, am I my brother's keeper? But listen, God didn't give up on Adam and Eve. He didn't abandon them. He blesses them. He gives them generations after them. Why? Because he promised that the seed of the woman is one day going to come back and bruise the head of the serpent. There's a promise keeper going to come up out of the messed up life that Adam and Eve created in this world. So Adam and Eve doesn't stop being their kid, his kids just because they didn't do right. Now, again, listen, when my kids was growing up, listen, we, in, in the Willingham family, Phil and Rhonda, we have three kids. And listen, we, we had rules. We had language rules. We had curfews. We had, we had chores. But listen, my three children wasn't part of my family because they obeyed my rules. True? They were part of my family. Why? Because they were born in the. Now, was, was there times I wanted to hang a yard sale on Matt and put him out front? And say free to whoever. Yeah. But, but I, never, I never give up on him. 
I told the first service, all, all my kids always had different ways of approaching me. When I would come in from the day, Rhonda had been with the kids, they come in from school, I come in from doing pastoral work, visitation, whatever, and my, my sunshine would, she, she would immediately greet me because I'm her favorite. She'll tell you I'm her favorite. And, and she would greet me, but then she would immediately go to her room. I mean, sunshine was good just seeing me that I'm in the house. Matter of fact, now, if I'm not home at a certain time, she starts calling me. She said, where are you? She's like having a second wife. <laughs> I, I promise you. And, and listen, when, when Amber will see me, Amber, when she was small, she's, she thought I was a tree. She would just climb all over me, hugs and kisses. And just, I mean, she, I'd, I'd get her, she'd be on my neck, my back. And, you know, she was just so excited. Matthew, when, when I come home, if he had messed up, like he had a few times, he wouldn't even be in the same room. He would stay in his room. And I knew exactly if he wasn't at the table eating, because listen, he loved to eat. He still loved to eat. I just, I'd hate to pay his, 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 uh, his bill to eat right now. But he, he, if he wasn't at the table eating, I'm telling you, he was in his room hiding. And I'd walk in. i said, well, I know where sunshine. I see you. Amber. Where's Matthew? She said, you know. And he was hiding. Now, listen. When I walked in that room, I didn't say, okay, that's it. Let's pack your bags. Get out of here. You're done. You're out of my family. No, 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 because you didn't obey my rules. No, listen, Adam and Eve wasn't God's children because they did or didn't do the right thing. They were his children in spite of whether or not they did or didn't do the right thing. You follow me? You see, today when we come to God and we follow him, listen, we, 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 don't, we, we, we don't follow rules in order for God to love us. It's because we understand that God loves us. We understand that, that he sacrificed so much for us and he wants to have a relationship that we do, that we study the Bible. We pray. We go to church. We tithe. We don't do that trying to earn God's love. We do that because we already embrace God's love. Wow. What a difference it would make in our lives if we could understand that. God didn't shrug his shoulders at Adam and Eve and said, I'm done with you. Forget about it. No. He come walking in the cool of the day asking a question, where are you at? And I submit to you right now in this early part of 2023, God is walking and he's asking, where are you today? Have you, are you hiding from me? Are you ashamed? Please, please don't just do religious stuff and thinking that somehow or another that's going to soothe your conscience. That's not what God wants. He, he doesn't want you to sacrifice your time, your talent, your temple, your testimony, your treasure, just trying to earn something. He wants you to recognize out of this love relationship now that we, we forfeit and we give ourselves and we become, we become love slaves to the Lord. You follow me? I love Luke chapter 15 when it tells the story about the father with two sons and, and the younger son comes to the father and said, God, I want all my, father, I want all my inheritance. And the father gives him everything. And you know the story. The son takes all of it and later he goes out and he wastes it. He spends it and he's out of money. And the Bible says he, he comes to himself and he says, I'm going to go back to my father and I'm just going to be a servant. And when the son gets back to the father's house, the father goes out there and says, okay, you can be a servant and you've got to work off everything that you took away. Is that what it says? No. 
Despite what this son had been doing, the father saw him coming. What does that mean? That means the father had been looking for him. The father looked for his lost son even when the lost son wasn't looking for the father. That's the kind of God that we have today. You understand that? The Bible said that the father threw a party. Why? Because God, God never gets tired of loving his kids. I love what John Piper says this. Here's a quote from John Piper. He says, we have to understand that God is never irritable or edgy. He, he never gets fatigued or depressed or blue or moody or stressed out. God is not easily annoyed. <laughs> Isn't that good news? He said that God is above any possibility of ever being touchy or cranky or temperamental. Instead, he's energetic with absolutely unabounding and unending enthusiasm for the fulfillment of his purpose in our lives. Boy, I wish somebody could get that today. Because some of you come out of 2022 and you're in this new year and you still haven't found what you're looking for and some of you are still hiding from God because you feel ashamed that you didn't do all what you knew to do in 2022 and you don't know how to get started right and God is just simply saying, listen, I don't give up on you. I know that's hard for some of us to comprehend. Because in the physical, we know how our earthly relationships is. Listen, our earthly relationships, they do go up and down, don't they? I can see some people and, and they just, oh, yeah, how you are, you know, Pastor? How's everything going? You know, you're everything good. And I see the same people a week later because life is giving them a time. And they heads down and how much is what? Now, if, if I let that affect my relationship, I think, well, what, what's wrong with them? No, we, we understand we're, we're always up and down. We, we're easy to get to bo bored. We're easy to get discouraged. I see people, one day they're hopeful and excited. The other day they're discouraged. But God isn't like that. Look at your neighbor and say, God isn't like that. He continues to love us. Listen to Psalms 35. I'll get ready to wrap this thing up. May those who want to see me acquitted shout for joy and say again and again. How great is the Lord. He is pleased with the success of his servants. God doesn't like it when we fail. God doesn't, God doesn't get any enjoyment when, when, when the mark is here and, and we miss the mark. And God said, yeah, I made it hard and they didn't get. No, the Bible says he's pleased. He delights in the success of his servants. God reminds us of that truth over and over again. In 2023, you need to encourage yourself with, with what the Bible tells us about that how that his love is unending. It, it's, it's a perfect love that casts us out fear. And, and, and Jesus said that greater love is this than no man, than a man lay down his life for his friend. What, what, what better relationship to understand the fact I, I don't have to hide from God. But God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in trespasses. Did you get that? He made us alive together with Christ. By grace we're saved. I love that. Ephesians 2, 4 and 5. 
He's rich in mercy. His great love. And then 2 Corinthians 5, 21, I put it in your notes. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Why would he ever do that? All the way back to Genesis when, when Adam and Eve had everything and they forfeited everything. God allowed them to choose. They chose wrong. Sin brought death, separation from God. But from the foundations of the world, God had a plan. <laughs> it was no surprise. God said, okay. Out of all of this is going to come to deliver the seed, the one that's going to bring us back into that right relationships. Why would God ever do that? Just one simple answer. Because he loves us. He's a good, good father. True? I know some of us here this morning, you, you, you may not say, well, Pastor, you don't know what I went through last year. And there's things that have happened in my life that I question God. And listen, God's big enough to handle your questions. I'm not telling you don't ask God questions. But if you're like Job, you'll understand. I don't care how many times God answers you, you'll always have one more. True? Well, I know you told me this, but what about this? What if we just solidified in ourselves that God is seeking us and he wants us to walk with him this year. Don't hide from him. And the only way that's going to happen for us is us to have and stay focused on this vision and revelation of what kind of God that we serve. Thank you for listening to Heartland Christian Center Sermon of the Week. If you would like to partner with us and give, please go to hcc.ag and click to give tab. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with others. Also, if you have a prayer request or want to contact Heartland, please email us at pastorphil at hcc3d.com. Have a blessed week.